The following audio is from Pathway Community Church. More information about Pathway Community Church is available at www.pathwaycommunity-church.org. Amen. Well, if you would, open your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2. We are in a series, continuing our summer series, called Citizens of Heaven, Residents of America, right? You've been listening, some of you. I know uh, a number of you have been tuning in and, and following along. I've had a lot of feedback uh, from this series, maybe more than normal, and uh, that's okay. Continue to, to reach out and let me know, and we'll interact on that. But uh, in First Peter, where we're going to land this morning... The Apostle Peter is talking to Christians who are living all over the Roman Empire. They're scattered across the Roman Empire, and he's writing to them, uh, and he's saying to them, he's like starting out right in in chapter 1, verse 1, you are exiles. And then he continues on, you are sojourners here. You are aliens here. Right, so as Christians living in the Roman Empire, you're, you're aliens, you're, you're exiles, you're sojourn. This is not your home. That's what he's trying to say. And the reason he's telling them this is because you are citizens of heaven, and, and this world is not our home. This is not where we make ourselves at home. And, and so for us today here in the 21st century living in America, if you know Jesus, then our primary allegiance is to King Jesus. And we are citizens of heaven first and foremost. That's what we've been talking about in this series. Hopefully you've been hearing that message. And not just from me, but from God's word. Because I want you to know that that what we teach here, what we preach here, comes right from the word of God, which is God-breathed. And so we are strangers here. We are aliens here. This world is not our home. And yet sometimes I feel like we make ourselves pretty comfortable here, don't we? Like, well, I kind of like it here more than I want to admit. That's why we're in this series, Citizens of Heaven, Residents of America. Now, the temptation, I think, when you hear that can be to think, well, I don't have to obey the government or any authority in this world because really I have a higher authority and I belong to the kingdom of heaven. And so that's what I'm going to obey and follow. Sometimes we can think that way. And so anticipating this, the Apostle Peter writes, and he's going to answer this question. He's going to help us with this. He's going to, here's the question we're going to answer this morning. How do we as citizens of heaven relate to the different institutions in this world? How are we supposed to relate to those? What's that supposed to look like? And I think we need to really understand this, right? Because we're in the midst of some challenging days in our country. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, he answers this question. So let's read the text, and then we're going to look at the text, and we're going to apply the text to our lives. Can we do that? It's pretty straightforward. We're not, it's not complicated. The hard part is putting it into practice. All right, here, listen to God's word. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. 
Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And honor the emperor. The word of the Lord. Now this passage, Peter gives us one primary command that we must obey as citizens of heaven in order to relate to the institutions of the world. One primary command, three reasons why we're to obey this command, and then four applications of this one command. One, three, and four. That's where we're headed, okay? So... First, the one command to obey in terms of how do we relate as citizens of heaven to the institutions of this world. Here we go. Look at verse 13 with me again. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Let's stop there. Underline, be subject to, if, you're, if you have a Bible of your own. Be subject to. That's the primary command. It means to place yourself under another. It means to submit yourself to another. We don't like that S word, do we? Submitting to. Being subject to. A few years ago, I was having some difficulty with my right knee. I guess that happens as you get a bit older. I'm not that old. Um, and, and my right knee was hurting when I would run. And so I went into the orthopedic doctor and had it checked out. And, and he examined it, did the CAT scan, comes back and says, you have a torn meniscus. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. And so what's that mean? He says, well, it's going to continue to hurt because his bone is rubbing. And so he's like, I can go in and through surgery, trim it up and it'll be good as new. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. So I come in for outpatient surgery. It's not going to be this complicated, I guess. But, but I don't know about you. If you've ever had surgery and had to go under anesthesia, there is a real sense of I am choosing in that moment when they're going to inject something in me that's going to make me unconscious and then they're going to do whatever they're going to do while I'm unconscious. It's like there's a moment when you are choosing to put yourself under their authority, to submit to their authority. That's what it talks about here, to be subject to who? Those that we like, those that we agree with, those that vote the same way that we do. Is that what your Bible says? Mine mine says every, every human institution. Can I just make sure we're understanding what the word every means? The word every means all, right? There is no institution that we're not to be subject to as citizens of heaven. So let's look at that just to be clear. Every human institution, the government, the federal government, the state government, the local government, police officers, firefighters, Institutions of education, elementary school, middle school, high school, colleges, the judicial system, the court system, the economic institutions, your employer, those that we work for, parent-child relationships, the family, marriage, husband and wife, right? These are the institutions that are making up the, the world that we live in, right? Did I miss any? I think we got them all. We are to submit willingly to every human institution. No exceptions. 
Notice then Peter goes on in this passage in verse 13 and 14, and he, and he focuses specifically on the government. I think he says, you know what, I think they're gonna, people are going to have trouble with the government, and maybe we should focus on the government just to call that out. Because later on, he's going to, in chapters 3 and 4, he's going to talk about these other institutions. And so here he's going to specifically look at the government. He says, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by the emperor to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, in case you think, well, Peter, 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 you just don't understand the government that I'm living with today. Like, Peter, you don't understand who's president. Peter, you don't understand who the governor of the state of Illinois is. You just don't understand. Like, Peter, if you understood, maybe you would say this differently. Uh, I don't think so. Do you know who was the emperor at the time that Peter was writing this letter? Man by the name of Nero. Emperor Nero. Nero was the worst Roman emperor. His name, when you said Nero, it was synonymous with evil. He was an evil dude. Uh, because of his paranoia, right, and his evil pursuit of power and, and his corruption, he killed his stepbrother. He killed his wife. He killed his mother in order to be in power and, and not to have anyone be a threat to his rule and his reign. He, he's, he's a paranoid dude. And, and then he's like, you know what? I don't like Rome, the city of Rome, the way it is. And I want to rebuild the city. And so he takes... However it happens, he tells someone or he does it himself and he sets Rome on fire and two-thirds of the city of Rome is destroyed by a fire that he started. But here's the deal. He's like, you know what? I don't want people to think that I did this. And so he's like, you know what? Those Christians, I hate those Christians. Those Christians are always annoying me. I'm going to blame it on them. And so then he goes and he has... Christians, not just persecuted, but he crucifies Christians. And then he, he, he douses their body in oil, some kind of oil. He puts their bodies on a stake. I mean, this is gruesome stuff. And then he lines the streets with Christians that have been crucified. And he sets them on fire to burn his torches in the night. Tell me Peter doesn't know about emperors and leaders. And yet with Nero on the throne, God commands us through Peter. He says, as citizens of heaven, submit willingly to every human institution. Whether it's to the emperor as supreme or to the governor as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Wow. Now, keep in mind that these verses, Peter's not saying submit to those authorities you agree with or that you think are godly men or women or deserve to be followed. You know, he's not saying that. He's saying submit to every authority, even if they are like Nero. I know what you're thinking. I know, I know how you think. I know how you think. It's, I, mean, I, I can tell. It's like, yeah, but aren't there exceptions to this, Kurt? I mean, aren't there just like, I mean, come on, you got to, where's the loophole, right? I mean, that's how our minds work. It's, you know, it's like, okay. So that's how I was thinking. Notice it says the role of government. This is just a great summary of what the government's role should be. To punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. 
That's what the government's there, government's there for. That's why there, there are institutions that have been established by God. And, and so sometimes authorities become so corrupt that they make laws that actually promote what is evil and punish what is good. Sometimes that does happen. Remember Daniel? Daniel back in Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. You talk about another evil king. I mean, you know, Nero was evil. King Nebuchadnezzar was evil. And Daniel was living in Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar issued a law that said, everyone at a certain time during the day, we're going to sound the bell or we're going to make, make you aware. And at that moment, everyone in Babylon must bow down to this statue of King Nebuchadnezzar and worship him as the king and the Lord. That was the law of the land. Daniel's like, you know what? I can't do that. God says in his word that you should serve no other gods and you shouldn't bow down to any other or idol or, or false, uh, false image. And he's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so he's like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to obey, but I can't do that. And so he ends up being thrown in a fiery furnace and the Lord comes and protects him in the process. You know the story if you've read it. Or how about Peter? Peter and John, we saw this uh, uh, about a month or so ago. They, they're going to the temple to pray. And on the way, they meet this man who's been lame from birth. Forty years, he's been lame. And he wants, wants money from them. And they say, no, we got something way better. And, it's, and they heal him in the name of Jesus. And the man is able to get up and walk. And people are like, oh, my goodness. And they start, how did this happen? And they start preaching about Jesus and telling about Jesus because of what happened. And then the authorities are upset about this. And they're like, wow, we don't like this, them talking about Jesus. And so they arrest them and they put them in prison. And the next day they're on trial. And they're on trial and they're listening to what happened. And, and they're hearing this. And then they say, you know, here's the thing. Listen, we're going to let you go, but you may not speak about Jesus anymore. Peter replies, whether it's right in the eyes of God to listen to you or rather uh, to God, you have to judge. But we cannot help but speak of what we've seen and heard. Like we've heard about from Jesus. We've seen Jesus. We got to talk about Jesus even when the government says you can't talk about him. And so we must willingly submit to every human institution. The only exception is when they make laws that command what God forbids or for, forbid what God commands. And so how are we to relate as citizens of heaven to then these human institutions? Well, we have to submit to them, including the government. And so let, let's just think about this, right? So children, as long as you live under the authority of your parents at home, there's a few of you here today, this is for you. You must sub subject yourself as Christian young people to your parents, even when you don't agree with them. Employees, if you work for someone, even if your boss tells you to do something you don't like or you don't respect your boss, you must subject yourself to your boss. Students, when you go to school, you're to submit to the authority of the teachers and the principals, the people in charge. You're to do what they tell you to do. As citizens of the United States, the of people of the state of Illinois, we must obey the laws of this state, the laws of the nation, unless they violate God's law. Submit willingly to every human institution. Now, 
We got that, right? I mean, you, you hear that? How are you doing with that? It's hard sometimes. It's hard. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why would Peter tell us to do this? Well, there's, there's one command and there's how many reasons? There's three reasons here that I want to show you from this passage, right? So three reasons why we submit to every human institution. First, look again at verse 13. In case you notice, I skipped over this part. It says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Be subject for the Lord's sake. Circle that part in your Bible. It says, for the Lord's sake. Next week, we're going to learn more about this in Romans 13. We're going to look at a passage there. But let me just kind of tip you off. It says, in Romans 13, it says this, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now, further down in that same passage, Romans 13, it says that rulers and presidents and governors and congressmen and women are servants of God. Yes, yes, yes. We have to do our part and we must vote. Voting is essential. We are called to vote. We have the right to vote. We must vote. But here's the deal. We cast our votes, but God puts the man or the woman in the place of authority that he wants for his sovereign plan. Daniel 2.21 says that God removes kings and establishes kings. God's the one that does that. Yes, we vote. It doesn't mean abdicate our responsibility to vote and, and to have a part in the political process. Yes, we must do that. It says in Proverbs 21.1, God directs even pagan kings, even pagan presidents, even pagan rulers according to his sovereign purposes. God raised up King Nebuchadnezzar and God used Babylon to bring about his sovereign purposes over Israel and to accomplish his plan. And you know, sometimes you might think, why is this person in charge? And you know, like you have to trust that God is sovereign and that he has a greater plan and purpose. And our part is to submit to the rulers and authorities he's put in place. Now let's put this together. What does for the Lord's sake mean? What does it mean to submit, to subject yourselves to every human institution for the Lord's sake? Here's what it means. It means when you submit to the authorities that God has put in place, to your parents, to your teachers, to the government, to anybody that God has established, when you submit willingly to that, you are submitting ultimately to God himself. And listen, the corollary is also true. When you don't submit to the people that God has put in your life as the authorities, your parents, your teachers, the, the local authorities, the, the federal government, when you don't submit to them, then you're also rebelling against God. That's serious. So we, the first reason why we do this is for the Lord's sake. Let me just help us out a bit here. When a Christian teenager submits to his parents, you know, they request that he or she not date somebody or, or they ask him to do something that they don't like. Even, even when you do it, especially when you do it, when you don't like that, it brings glory and honor to the Lord. 
When a Christian employee submits to his or her boss, even though they don't like him or her, or they disagree with him and her, but they do it out of, uh, for the Lord's sake, it brings glory to God. When a Christian student submits to his teacher and they don't like what the teacher says or what they're being asked to do, but it doesn't violate Scripture, it's just something I don't want to do and I don't like it. It's like when you do that for the Lord's sake, it brings glory to God. When a Christian living in the state of Illinois or living in America submits to, to the governor or to the president and does what they were asked to do, like wearing a mask, even when you don't like it, it brings glory to God. But when we refuse to submit, then we're rebelling against God. Second reason we submit to every human institution. You, you still with me? You look like you're into this today. You're like, man, I got to hear this. Second reason we submit to every human institution is because by doing good, we silence the criticism of unbelievers. Verse 15, it says, For this is the will of the Lord, that by doing good, you will silence the ignorance of foolish people. Now, if you go back to chapter 2, verse 12, 1 Peter 2, 12, evidently there were Christians not submitting to Nero and to the governors that, got, that, that Nero had established. And, and these unbelievers were saying, look at them. They call themselves Christians, but they don't even obey the law. And so when we obey the law and do good and submit to those gods placed over us, we silence our critics, those who are looking and watching us and saying, okay, are they going to do what you're supposed to do? Are they going to obey or not obey? Did you know, maybe, maybe this is news to you, but, but did you know that when you're a Christian, people watch you more closely? If people at work know you're a Christian, if people at school know you're a Christian, if people in your neighborhood know you're a Christian, you know what? They're looking at you and saying, I wonder how they're going to live and respond in this situation. And if we break the law, if we rebel at work, if we lie to our boss at work, or if we steal, or if we do things that are that are insubordinate and are not submitting to the ruling authorities over us, then people notice that. I'm like, man, if they do that, then why should I listen to what they have to say about Christianity? And so he's like, another reason we need to be subject to the authorities that are over us is to silence the unbelievers who are looking at our lives and watching so that by our good works, by obeying the rules and the laws that have been established, we have credibility as witnesses. Here's the third reason why we submit to every human institution. Because as servants of God, he set us free so that we could submit. Look at verse 16. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Before you become a Christian... Before you turn from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ, we are slaves to sin. Every human being who is born is born into sin because of Adam's sin. And we are slaves to sin. Hear me on this. You can't do anything but sin as a human being unless Jesus transforms your life. 
doesn't mean you're like the worst person who's like a Nero, but, but even the motives of our heart. I mean, that's, that's our nature. We have a sin nature that we're born with. And so we're slaves to sin, but guess what? God in his great mercy and his love, you know what God did? God said, I love you. I, I want you to be mine. And he comes into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. He gives his life willingly. He sacrifices his life on the cross for your sin and for mine. He takes your sin on himself and he puts the righteousness of his, of of Christ on you. It's applied to you. And then when Jesus raises from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead now lives in us who know Jesus by faith. So his power, his presence is in us so that we're now set free from bondage to sin. That's good news. That means you have a choice. You don't have to give in to sin. Now, see how this comes full circle. We're not not slaves to sin. We don't have to give in to slavery to sin, but we're set free by Jesus. But now we're free in Christ. And he says, now I want you as my servant to submit willingly and freely to the authorities that are over you. Like, don't use your freedom to cover up for evil. Right? Don't, don't, like, I can't imagine. Imagine like a, a Christian. I'm sure this never happens, but imagine a Christian who's like, you know what? The government, the taxes I got to pay. Oh my goodness, the taxes I got to pay. You know what? I don't like all the things that the government has passed and, and the laws that are out there. And so I know I have to pay certain taxes, but here's kind of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kind of kind of calculate, well, maybe I agree with two thirds of the law. The other third I don't agree with. So I'm going to only pay two thirds of my taxes because I don't really agree with the other one third. And so I'm going to kind of figure that out on my own. I'm only going to pay that much because, you know, like, don't don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Like, just because you're free, you still have to submit to the ruling authorities over us. That's why Jesus says, you know, give to Caesar what's Caesar's and give to the Lord what's the Lord's. Now, yes, there are things we don't agree with as Christians. Yes, there are laws that we don't agree with, but we use the channels, the the the. the, the way that it's been established by our government to pursue changing those laws. We work within the system. We don't go about some kind of, as anarchists trying to overthrow it because we can't work through the system. Because we're servants of God, he set us free so that we can now submit freely to the authorities over us. One command. What's the command? Come on, he at least got to get the command. Be subject to every human institution. We do that for three reasons. And here's the four specific applications. You're going to love these because you like the practical stuff, I know, right? So here we go. Four specifics here of how do we relate as as citizens of heaven to the institutions of the world. Number one, honor the people you like. What's your Bible say in verse 17? Honor the political party that you most identify with. Honor the race that you like. Nope. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. 
As citizens of heaven, we are to honor everyone. Listen to me. We do not call people idiots because of their beliefs. Come on now. Come on. Listen, we don't do that. You don't, on your social media, on your Facebook page, on your Instagram, on TikTok, whatever the new, th- you, we don't use those platforms to vent against people that we don't like. It not, at least, let me say this. Let me say this. Come on. At least Christians don't do that. We don't malign people for who they voted for. Or what they think about issues in our country. We don't do that. We don't post content on social media that disrespects or slanders anyone. That we don't post things that don't reflect the heart of Jesus. Treat them with honor and respect. Who are we supposed to do this to? The people that we like? Tell me. Everyone. Everyone. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ and we belong to the kingdom of God and we live by the kingdom of God values. We live by the standards and the calling of being a Christian. And that means that sometimes we have to function differently. In fact, many times in this world, we act in a way that is contrary to the way of the world. Here's the second one. There's four practical things. Didn't I tell you to get really practical? How are you doing with honor and everyone? How's that going? Maybe we should just stop there, right? Here's a second one. Love the brotherhood. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Did you know within Pathway, and we're not a huge church, right? We're not a mega church, but within the larger body of Christ. Let's take all the Christians in the world. There are Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Libertarians, Green Party. Did I miss any? There's probably others out there. I mean, Mark, did I miss some? Anyhow, so listen, within our church, this church, there are people that vote every different way and and have opinions about all kinds of things. I've talked with some of you. I've heard back from you during this series, people on the right, people on the left, people pushing back, people not. I thought, well, that's pretty good. If I got some on the left and right, I must be walking down the middle. I love what Rochelle, our worship leader, says. She says, you know what? I'm a Christian black woman. You're a Christian white man. That first word in that phrase is what defines us. And everything else after that is shaped by that first word in that phrase. As a church, at Pathway, we love one another. The brotherhood. We love people regardless of what political party we align with or what persuasion you know we vote for we are christians we serve king jesus and it's king jesus that unites us we stand under the ba- banner of jesus and it says the world will know you are christians how by your love number 3 is fear god to fear God, to respect God, to honor God, to revere God. That has to be at the center of everything we do. We don't fear punishment from God. We fear God because he is the almighty, all-powerful. He could in an instant snuff us out, but by his grace, he chooses not to do that. Fear God. The fear of God is something that we've just lost in our world. 
And, and in the church, we need to fear God. We need to say, you know what? How is this going to revere God? Will this honor God? Will this bring glory to God? Will this put his name on display or not? Listen, would you try this this week? Before you post something on social media, would you say, just ask this question, right? You know, put it on the, on, on, you know, write it out on your phone or on your computer and just say, will this honor God? And just ask that question before you post it. And, and just say, you know, before I go putting that out there and just kind of responding and enter, you know, it's like, will this honor God? If it's not going to honor God, then don't send it. And here's the last one. You're going to love this. This is, this is the best one. They're all good. At least we need to hear them all. It says, honor the emperor. Now, remember, who's the emperor? Nero. Nero. Come on, Peter. What are you telling us to do? I I mean, seriously, I'm in the church. The elders get up and read this letter from Peter to the church on a Sunday morning. I'm sitting out there like you're sitting out there. He's getting into the second chapter. He comes down to this verse. He says, honor the emperor. What are you saying? He's an evil man. He persecutes Christians. He killed his own family to get ahead. And you want me to honor him? Yes. Because God put him in authority. Why would God do that? Why would God do that? Well, because God is sovereign. First of all, God can do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't do our bidding. But but even higher than that, right? The, The greater than that is that could it be that through having Nero in power, I mean, if you look back at history, right, and you see what happened through the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire in the first middle of the first century, you see the church just took off and grew. Because of persecution, the church, like wildfire, just grew. It grew like, like crazy during the first 400 years. It's like, oh my goodness. And a big part of that had to do with persecution. So here's the thing. God even allows and uses leaders who persecute for the sake of our good and his glory. Wow, that's, that's, that's a whole different sermon. Please note, we're not told to honor the emperor only when the emperor acts honorably or righteously. This is how we look different as Christians. This is one of the ways we look different as Christians is when the whole world around us, the whole community, the whole culture, when people at work and school and people in the neighborhood are bashing the government and are trashing the president and are bad-mouthing the the, the governor, this is the way that we set ourselves apart and we say, you know what, I don't do that. I don't participate in that because I'm honoring them because God's put them in power whether I like them or not. And we're going to pray for him, and we're going to honor him, and we're going to respect him. Come on now. I mean, any amens to this? I mean, he's like, you guys, well, no, what? This world is not our home. Listen, we must, we must not become consumed with politics. I know, wait a sec, I have a better idea. What if we become consumed with Jesus? 
What if we become so consumed with Jesus and with the kingdom of God that the way we live and the way we act and the way we treat one another starts to make a difference in this world so that people start to take notice and say, wow, they're not like everyone else. What's different about them? I want to know about that. Why don't they do what we do in bad mouth and, and trash talk and participate like we do? What if we were consumed with Jesus? This morning... We were on our prayer call. We meet at 8.30 uh, every Sunday for a Zoom prayer gathering. Uh, you're welcome to join us, by the way. It's the Bodas and the Wiggins are the main ones there. But uh, it, it's just not our thing, is it? I mean, it's like other people can jump in. Uh, you know, the Zoom link's on our website. But anyhow, uh, Jennifer started out. She was leading it, and, and she just was reminding us. She was reading uh, scripture that just was such a good reminder in the Great Commission where Jesus tells his disciples to that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he says, now I want you to go and to make disciples of all nations and to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then I love the last part. And it says, and lo, I'm with you always. God never commands us to do anything that he doesn't give us the power and his presence to accomplish. And the call here today to subject yourselves to every authority that's over us and the call to honor and to love and to respect those in authority is not just say, good luck with that, go do it. It's like, listen, Jesus himself humbled himself. Jesus himself took on dishonor and shame. And Jesus himself came into our world to make a way for us to be able to live this out. And so let's do it to his glory. Let's pray. Father, help us, help us in this. It just seems like in, in, this, in this time in our country, in this time in our state, Lord, we have an opportunity to put Jesus on display. This is such an opportunity, Lord, for us to live differently by the way we conduct ourselves, by the things that we do and don't say and post and not post. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us for your glory and for our good to be people that submit willingly and freely to the people that you've put in authority in our lives? Would you help us with this? And, and thank you that by the power of your spirit, by your presence with us through your sacrifice on the cross and your resurrection, you equip us fully to do this. We just need your help. And then, Lord, would you just help us today to obey, to obey you in this. In Jesus' name, amen.